Hello, my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I'm Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy National Ride the Wind Day, Joe. Get your mind out of the gutter. It's about skydiving, not farting. Oh, I was going to say, how would, what gutter is that? But okay, farting. You know what's really funny is Michael Sarah, his name in our home game was something like Ride the Wind, and I have some Michael Sarah news I want to share. What was it? When, when, I don't remember, but I do remember the news. That will be at the very end of the show. So, uh, Michael Sarah, Poker in the Air's poker related news coming up at the very end of the show. Sounds to me like that's the important thing to remember rather than his <laughs> online handle. Yes, that is true. The news is more important. Coming up on today's show in the meet, the bulk, the real show, yeah. it is our Barcelona preview show. That's right. The old mainstay of EPT's past, present, and future from the Spanish city by the sea is back. And it's expected to be as good as it ever was, although it is going to be tough to top last year. Still, we're going to try. And in order to do that, we've invited along last year's fourth place finisher. Now, that might not sound like we couldn't get the winner, but remember, we got the winner last year right after the event. So this year, we are talking to last year's fourth place finisher, who is a superstar in the making, Fabiano Kowalski is going to take us on the very short trip down memory lane back to 2022 and help us look ahead to our live coverage starting in just a few days. Plus, Fabiano is going to talk about something else that's happening in just a few weeks. Ooh, all right. Uh, we didn't quite ring out all of our uh, poker stories from our summer break. I've got one or two more I want to share with you that we didn't have time for last week. Uh, and as far as Superfan, yeah. did the Superfan ever get back to us? No, we still haven't heard anything from Harry, but Daniel Ooh. Schill answered the call, and he will be taking part in this week's podcast. The quiz is about the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and why are you looking at me like that? Daniel Schill, I mean, it's hilarious that we couldn't find an organic Superfan, so now we have Daniel Schill? <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dad Poker. We'll find out more about him when he joins us later on. So for, for getting Sarah Marshall, more, more on that later, but I did stay up quite late to almost rewatch all of the movies. So hopefully I can uh, compete against Daniel in Superfan versus Tape. So uh, right now, uh, I'm always in a different place when we do this show. Very lucky that I get to still go the places I need to go to and do this podcast. I happen to be in Philadelphia right now, though, on official Poker Stars business and... Uh, you remember how like poker stars got legalized in New Jersey like a couple of years back? And yep. I was like, hey, I used to be the American poker stars guy. What what happened? And then New Jersey happened and Pennsylvania happened, Michigan happened, and we've only been sort of a little bit involved in what's been going on there. Uh the good news is there is a, a new top dog of North American poker at Poker Stars, and he's a fella that happens to be a big fan of ours, as is most of the upper management at this point. So they asked me to come to Philadelphia and host this little meeting they're having about how we're, we're coming on strong in North America again. There's a lot of fun stuff in the future here, and it looks like we're going to try to be the presence in North America that we once were. Now, that doesn't mean, by the way, there's no like imminent new states being legalized. I, I was going to say, be careful. You're going to start leading people down the garden path and then you're going to disappoint them. Exactly. So I want to be honest about that. But the plan is to make us a household name again in North America 
before, during, and after those states start to happen cool. again. So I'm in Philly, and I'm about to uh, join like a like a real meeting, like a real meeting with the company, and then go to a baseball game with all the Poker Stars North American team. So I'm pretty excited about that. I know that you can't see Joe right now because this is an audio podcast. Joe has a collared shirt on. That's how you know he's going to an official Poker Stars meeting because normally he dresses like a slob for this record. That is true. And my hair is wet because I often do not shower before <laughs> this podcast gets recorded. Uh, I had I, I, had, I know that I had a couple stories from the summer that I forgot, but the only right. one I remembered to remember is, um, and I can't remember if I, I think I did tell you this story already, James, but so uh, Thunder Valley after the World Series of Poker, um, as you know, I've been traveling like nonstop since uh, since April, yeah. more or less. And so what I do is I get in touch with my girlfriend and I go, hey, hon, I'm really sorry, but uh, it turns out like I'm going to see you like for one night for the next six weeks. And in order to save my relationship, we will work out where she can come meet. And it turned out that she was able to come to Vegas for a few days. And then uh, she was able to come to Thunder Valley for a few days. And because I'm often busy, she's like, can I bring a friend? And that makes perfect sense to me because I don't want her to sit alone in the hotel room or her to be standing behind me while I play poker. She doesn't have much interest in poker. So she brought our friend Lauren Mann, who has been a guest on the show before. You all know her well. We mention her regularly, producer of The Card Counter and other films. And Lauren wanted to come. And the problem is that Thunder Valley was completely booked up. The hotel was completely booked up. This is the one in Sacramento, right? Yes, right outside Sacramento. Does yeah. Sacramento have any hotel that meets Lauren's very high standards? Absolutely not, probably. But Thunder Valley is like 35 minutes outside of Sacramento also. So there's no, it's, it's on a reservation. So right. there isn't a lot of other stuff in the area. And she said, hey, like I don't want the room for free, but can you pull some strings? Can, can you maybe get them to free up a room for me? So I went to Ben Irwin, the guy who puts all this stuff on at Thunder Valley, um, and said, hey, Ben, don't need a free room. Would just love to be able to get my friend in. And he goes, yeah, um, I really want to give you a free room, though. She's your friend. I really want to give your friend a free room. And he's like, do you think she could play one event? If she plays one event, I can write it off as like a VIP person has come to play a poker event and so i look at the schedule and she wants to come wednesday through saturday and the only events that are starting are like the main event which is twenty five hundred dollars and i'm not going to ask her first of all my friend lauren by the way uh has maybe played poker in a casino um you know has only ever really played around a coffee table i'm not sure that she knows what the hand rankings are um so i don't want her playing a twenty five hundred dollar main event no uh, e even though she probably would because she like just she hates money and she loves torching uh her cash but so the only thing that was playing that worked for her schedule because she wanted to leave on saturday also and the main event goes all the way through monday is uh was a six hundred dollar Sorry, $400 Pot Limit Omaha Bounty Tournament. Okay, so first of all, you have just insinuated that Lauren does not know the ranking of hands. So you're implying that she is, at best, a below-average Hold'em player. I'm guessing PLO is going to be a completely alien game to her. Yes, and so what I, what I meant was that I wasn't sure if she knew the hand rankings because what happened was, so I say, hey, Lauren, why don't you come meet me for breakfast before this tournament starts and we're going to get a barometer for where you're at in poker. Right. And 
Lauren's like, I know what I'm doing, okay? Like, I know what beats what. And I was like, okay, well, like, what what does beat what? And she's like, the thing with the five cards beats the thing with the three cards. And I can't tell if she's doing a bit or not. Right. Because she's what she's saying is technically not wrong. Like, I can tell, I can interpret what she's saying. She's, like, saying, like, a straight beats three of a kind. Like, I can tell that that's what she's saying, but I don't know that she actually knows what okay. she's saying or she's, like, guessing. I'm going to give Lauren the benefit of the doubt because she's a smart person. This is a bit designed to wind you up. Uh, so we're at breakfast, and now I'm showing her Omaha. And I'm like, I'm like, hold them, or you can use all five cards on the board. You have to use two of them. You can't use three. You can't use one. You, ha- you can't use zero. You have to use two. And I more or less explained to her what the nuts means. Um, and she did not know what the nuts means, but she did know what the nuts was, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, I would show her the board, and I'd be like, what's the best hand possible? And she'd be like, four of a kind. Be- better that you understand the concept and don't know the brand rather than know the brand and misapply it. Correct. So I was like, great. So in this game, uh, for your purposes of this game, if you have the nuts or the ability to make the nuts, bet or raise, and if you don't fold. And she was like, okay, I think I got it. This is a great beginner's PLO lesson, by the way. Good job. I'm convinced this is all Phil Galfond is doing. I like he can put he can publish all the fucking books he wants. He's going, uh, okay, I have the nuts I raise. I can make the nuts. I'll I'll call. So uh we take her down, we get her registered, she sits down, and I'm like railing her for a second, and I'm like kind of dadding her a little bit and just like, you know, like when you watch your kid swim for the first time, you're yeah, yeah. And she yeah. turns around, she's like, get the fuck out of here. Go. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I go for a walk for a little bit with one of the comedians who come into town to, to do the show, Alex Falcone. And um, we, we, we go for a bit. And then she texts me like maybe four, 40 minutes later. And she's like, I'm Chip Leader. I hate this. I want to go. <laughs> now, I don't know which part of that is true because in my mind, both of those things can't be true. You can't be both Chip Leader and hate it and want to go. So we rush back to the poker room, and I start to rail her from where she can't see me at first. She has not lied. She is definitely the table chip leader, probably the tournament chip leader, and has already collected one bounty. And as I'm standing there watching her, the seat to the, to the left of her is empty, and she's like, yeah, I sent that guy to go get a coffee for me. His chips are there. Oh, my God. So she's convinced the guy to go get her a coffee. And as I'm standing there, I watch her uh, bust another player. And as she's raking the chips in, she's got the biggest frown on her face. She is miserable. She's like, and she, I, I call her over. I come here, come here, come here. She's like, I don't, I don't want to play anymore. And I said, look, uh, you know, my friend said you had to play an event to get the free room. I think it'd be kind of rude and insulting, like to to just um, sit you out. Can forf- you can forfeit your chips. Uh, you know, is a thing, which is better to do than to like, you know, than some of the options. I was like, you can forfeit your chips. And she's like, no, no, I'm not going to bitch out. I'm not going to bitch out like that. So I go, okay, fine. Then you have to play. Over the course of the next hour, she proceeds to bust four more people plus the original two and people are and, and collect six bounties. So she's uh, profitable. In a $400 tournament, she's now up $600, and it takes her about two and a half hours of being all in every hand to finally go broke, and people are, like, gathering around the table because they can't believe that this person who's just, like, 
betting and raising like ham-fisted. And every single time the action's on her, we're talking two hours into the tournament. She's like, how much can I make it? And every time she says that, the table starts groaning louder and louder. They're like, you've been here two hours. You know the, she knows the answer to the question. She's, she's secretly, in my mind, really, really enjoying this. Really enjoying torturing everyone. Really enjoying putting everyone tilt. She did eventually go broke. However, 10th place money was $550. So she made final table money in her two and a half hours in this event, in her reign of terror. So congratulations, Lauren. And I said, wasn't that fun? Do we have a new poker player for life? And she was like, no, that was awful. I never want to play again. Normally, it's the people who have the losing experience who come back with that feedback. People who have that early success normally get hooked. But hey, Lauren is a unique individual. Let's put it that way. She is quite unique. Absolutely. So, and then I guess just one other thing I forgot to mention was, so I'm going over this, like, this sort of list of semi-famous and famous people I played poker at Maria's house last week. Yeah. And I may have left off the most famous person of all. Around 9 p.m. when our friend Michelle left, she vacated a seat uh, for Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate. Oh, yeah, because wasn't one of Andrew Yang's kind of policy things that he was going to legalize poker in America? Yes, yes, and he had tons of poker players on board, and there's a lot about Andrew Yang that I liked. There was some stuff that I didn't quite like about him as a candidate, but what was really cool is he fielded all of our political questions and was able to sort of be honest in ways that politicians can't always do, you know, when they're giving a stump speech or they're tweeting or whatever, and it was fascinating uh, getting to hear an insider's take on politics. And obviously, you know, we've got another presidential election coming up next year here in the state. So hearing his take on that was super interesting. And I can't believe I forgot to mention it last week. Yeah, that was uh, that's a good name drop, Joe. I'll give you that one. Uh, right. Um, we need to move on because there is a lot to get through before you and I get on our respective flights to Spain for the next leg of the 2023 season of the European Poker Tour. Look at the camera, the lights and the action. Look at the plan, look at the reaction. Look at the way that we're taking advantage. You see me now, now look at me vanish. Look at the way that we're doing the magic. Look at the way that we're dropping the baggies. Look at the way that we seem to manage. Look at the way that we deal with the damage. I see the look in your eyes. Give me the look of surprise. That's just a part of the game. You gotta look for the prize. Yes, we are going back to the birthplace of the EPT. It feels weird to call this podcast the Barcelona Preview Show when the festival is already underway. I had an update this morning. I don't know whether you got the same email, Joe. Looks like the numbers in the Estrella's main event are as big as ever. Already thousands of players and still several starting flights to go. And of course, that 1K Estrella's main event is the big tournament that kicks off Barcelona every single year. We are not arriving in town until the weekend. Strictly speaking, I arrive on the Friday. That's Friday the 25th. You're arriving on the Saturday the 26th? One day later. That's right. Yeah, I got an email this morning saying 2,000 runners already and like 18 more starting flights to go. So, yeah. So we obviously make sure that everything's good to go, do all of our tech checks, etc. on the Saturday. Sunday will be the first day that we go live. So we are streaming eight consecutive days of EPT Barcelona, kicking things off on Sunday the 27th with the final table of the Australia's main event. Look, it's a 1K buy-in, 
But the prize money up for grabs at the final table is more like the prizes you see in a 4K or even 5K buy-in. We're going to be looking at big six-figure scores up top. Yes. Um, and the final table of the Australia's main event certainly delivered last year. We saw Jackson Clare just miss out on the win. And hard to say at this stage, when there's still several starting flights to come, what that field's going to be like, what how good that final table is going to be. But I always think it's a really good start to our live coverage to do that local event. It's a free roll, too, as far as I'm concerned, as far as coverage goes, because sometimes you get a, a final... Uh, you know, a heads up match that contains someone we know like a Jack Sinclair. But what I look forward to more uh, in a 1K event is it's a, a field that size and that many players of, of that sort of bankroll that you have the opportunity to really have life changing money for someone, even though it's six figures. Right. It's still to, or to launch someone's poker career. Uh, you know, how many people do we know that are superstars of today that were going deep in things like Astraeus or UKIPT or FPS? So that whole like and that dynamic of having, you know, a six handed or eight handed final table of varying skill levels is is oftentimes more interesting to me poker wise than watching uh, players who are playing near perfectly. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, kicking things off on the Sunday. So, PokerStars Twitch channel, PokerStars YouTube channel. I think it's going to be myself, Joe, and Nick for that first stream on the Sunday. Uh, Griffin doesn't fly into town until the Monday. Maria's going to be playing day 1A of the EPT main on the Sunday. So, the three of us are going to handle that stream. 1 p.m. local time. That's 1 p.m. Central European summertime for that final table. I think the player party might be that night. Again, not sure if I want to go. Not sure if we'll be able to go, depending on how long this final table runs. I don't know whether you saw the question, uh, the post on our Discord, Joe, from Mex Hedrum, who says, weirdly, I'm going to be in Barcelona at the same time as the EPT. Can't play in any events, but is there any chance of a meet and greet? If the timing aligns, it would be great to drop in. I think we say the same thing every year. Generally speaking, kind of a couple of hours before the start of play, Joe and I will be at the venue, we'll be on site, and normally we can step out from the booth to come to the main tournament area for maybe 20 minutes, maybe 15 minutes to say hello. So if anyone is there, wants to say hello, that normally is the best time. I'm going to say around kind of 11.15, 11.30 in the morning. That's normally kind of the best time, right? Yes, absolutely. And also sometimes just to work, we, we stack them up, right? If a couple of people want to meet at the same time, not only uh, do we get to meet you, you get to meet us, but you get to meet other people who are part of the community. Oftentimes it's people that have interacted uh, with each other before online. And I actually really enjoy that aspect of the day. And it, for me personally, it kind of serves as a nice warm up. Uh, for going live on the air, talking to one individual person and just sort of, you know, shaking off the cobwebs a little bit. So, yeah, we're always down to say what's up. Uh, now, we can't promise that we're available every single day. Yeah. But usually I, we can carve out, you know, one or two times throughout the course of the broadcast to say what's up. I was going to caveat it by saying our schedule is pretty full on, to be honest. And I'm going to get into what else is happening during Barcelona. We are going to be making TV shows, and that means we have additional filming to do outside of the streams. So once the Estrellas is in the books, Monday is when we're going to bring you the final table of the 100K Super High Roller. So again, being a final table, that will be on air at 1 p.m. local time. Then we get into our main event coverage, and we are going to bring you six 
consecutive days of the main event. Now, regular EPT live stream fans will be saying, hold on a second, normally you bring us the last five days. Does that mean you're streaming from day one? No. We know. The Barcelona is a behemoth. We know it always delivers the biggest main event in the calendar year. And we know that because the levels are 90 minutes long, we sometimes have to play very long days to get it done in the requisite amount of days. So a day has been added to EPT Barcelona. It is not a six-day main event. It is a seven-day main event. So it'll play day 1A on the Sunday and day 1B on the Monday. And we're going to pick up the action on day two. The great thing about this for us, looking at this purely selfishly from our own physical and mental health, our own well-being's point of view, um, it means that we get to play five levels a day rather than six levels a day because we can space this out over six rather than five days, Joe. Yeah, and that's better for everyone. Obviously, like from a moaning perspective, you know, working long days, we're like, Ugh, but the commentary will be better. Uh, the the energy level for the players will be better. All of those things. It's By the way, they're not short days. No, they're, they're not. They're, they're not. just shorter days. They are, but they're days which are more in line with other EPT stops. And yeah. they're also better for the players. And that is the key thing to underline. This is not. I say I'm looking at it from our point of view. I'm looking at it from the point of view of everyone who works on the production, who works on the tournament. But for the players, if they can finish at 9, 9.30 and then go out and have a meal rather than have a dinner break and be playing until midnight or 1 a.m., that's so much better for them, especially someone like Barcelona where no one really goes to eat until 10 p.m. anyway. Yeah, you can you can certainly still catch a dinner reservation uh, after nine o'clock at night. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, it's just better all around for everyone, and they're going to play better too. Yes, um, not just is it more comfortable. It, it's just it, it is just it, it works on every level. So that means day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. And the final table on Sunday. So concluding on Sunday, September 3rd. So during the main event, live every day at 12.30 local time. Remember, there's always the 30-minute delay because we're cards up every day. But for the final tables, for the Australia's, the Super High Roller, and the EPT Main on Sunday the 3rd, live at 1 p.m. local time. And yes, whilst it will be just me, Joe, and Nick for that first stream, then Maria and Griffin join us. Obviously, we'll try and get some of the guys from Team Pro in the booth. I know Vinton is coming to Barcelona and is keen to do some guest commentary. If Sam doesn't make the final table of the Super High Roller, chances are he will join us for the 100K stream. Um, and in addition to that broadcast, as you've now come to expect whenever we bring you live coverage of an EPT, there is an accompanying online series. And you may have already seen it because the tournaments are live Ooh. in the PokerStars client. 25 mini EPT Barcelona tournaments. So over the eight days of our broadcast, that's three per day, four on the final day, taking it to a grand total of 25. And the reason why there are two on the final day is we are going to do two different mini main events. So the mini series is all about added value. We've got WCOOP just around the corner. The World Championship of Online Poker kicks off in September. So we are going to be awarding WCOOP tickets during this mini series. And just as we did with Monte Carlo and Scoop, these aren't satellite tickets. These are tickets that actually get you into actual WCOOP tournaments. And then for the mini main events, there is a $55 mini main and a $5.50 mini main so two tiered buy-ins but both both of those tournaments will award a gold 
power pass to the winner. Now, of course, a gold power pass has value of around 10,000 US dollars. Wow. You could choose <laughs> to use that gold power pass to play the WCOOP main event, the high buy-in main event, if you so choose. If you want to play an EPT, you could get an EPT Cypress package with that gold power pass as well. So we're still trying to give the winners of those mini mains the chance to play the next leg of the EPT. But more power to you. You can use that pass how you see fit. And James, if there were to be, like, say, events in North America in the next year or so, the gold power pass, I assume, could be used on a North American event as well? Whether you win a bronze pass, a silver pass, or a gold pass, I believe they are valid for 18 months. So, yes, if you Ooh. want to wait and see, you can do it. Uh, but, yes, <laughs> mini EPT Barcelona, at least three tournaments a day, four on the final day, running for the eight days of our live coverage. I'm excited. I'm particularly thrilled about the fact that we're not going to be running 12, 13-hour broadcast days because they are punishing. Um, and I think what got everyone through last year was just how good the tournament actually was. And you mentioned earlier on, Joe, that Barcelona 2022 set the bar pretty high. And I think it's fair to say the last couple of days of last year's main event delivered the most, the best atmosphere and some of the most entertaining moments we've seen on the tour. And we've been reliving that with the TV shows recently. Yeah. And what's funny is that we haven't quite finished reliving it. I think we have one episode left to do still. Yeah. And I, I don't remember. I look, I remember who won, but I don't remember what exactly happened during that last sort of stretch of things. It's been, it's been really, really great reliving. Cause I remembered it was exciting. I remember there was so much stuff uh, that went on in crazy hands, but I'm, I'm like, I'm genuinely um, hooked as a viewer. Like, I feel like there's, there's a cliffhanger. Like I'm waiting for the next episode of severance to come out is how I feel about this final episode because I, I, we just announced that Faviano uh, finished in fourth place, but like, I don't remember how that happened. And so yeah. I'm really excited uh, to see it again, almost for the first time. It was Giuliano Bendinelli, of course, who was last year's champion, the reigning champ, and he is the poster child for EPT Barcelona 2023. And yes, we spoke to Giuliano straight after he took down the main event last August. So for this show, we decided to invite one of the other players who was at that final table. He is one of the Brazilian pros who has been crushing online and live for the last few years. So without further ado, please welcome Fabiano Kowalski to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Amazing to be here. Thank you for having me. Great to talk to you. And here's the weird thing. Obviously for you, that deep run in EPT Barcelona, that incredible final table was pretty much a whole year ago. But Joe and mm -hmm. I have been working on the TV shows. We've been recording the commentary for those shows, and our American listeners get to watch those shows on Fox Sports right now because they're airing on Friday night. So for us, it feels like it's been a new experience. For us, it feels like it happened in the last few weeks. Um, mm -hmm. And I look forward to you being able to see those shows so that you can relive that experience because I imagine that for you, that was a pretty special experience. Yeah, every once in a while, I'd receive uh, like a short video of, 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 of that of that event and it was just like yesterday. Like you know, everything comes back to, to And right now. you must just be in love with the city of Barcelona itself because you also went deep in 2018, right? Yeah. And I also won a side event in 2019, I think. It's like every, every, every trip over in Barcelona is great for me. 
Barcelona was the place. And obviously we're going to look ahead to this year as well, but we can't not talk about last year. And again, partly it's the fact that it was a year ago. Partly it's the fact that I was sick and didn't get to cover a lot of the live stream. But I didn't realize just how many sick hero calls you made, both at the final table and in the run-up to the final table. I am never, ever, ever going to try and bluff you because your basic your your calling frequency is high i mean yeah there, there was two big big hero calls one of the the semi-final and another in the final yeah yeah uh, so yeah it was it was like a very 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 good spot there that just appeared to me like it's not um not like a big hero caller or anything you can try to bluff me i'm not, not gonna call you so you're saying you're some, some, this is not this is not standard for you. You're not the guy like because we see like Adrian Mateos, for example, like hero call pretty regularly. He's right a lot, but he's wrong sometimes too. You're mm -hmm. saying that this is not usually something you do. Yeah, I'm just trying to build the image. I will, or, I mean, I <laughs> destroy the Brazilian image so we can just uh, do some different stuff over there. <laughs> So what, what what was it about those two spots specifically? Was it um, just sort of, uh, you know, replaying the action through the streets and decided the line didn't make a lot of sense? Or was it personally based? Was it, hey, I, this person seems uncomfortable. There's a live read here. What, what, how did you come to that decision? No, it was just the spots. Actually, the, the, the one in the semifinal was just a, like a very good price. Uh, I remember he limped small blind. I think I... Check behind and bet three streets and hit check raise the river, and I already put like seven hundred in. It was like one point two million more, something like that. It was just very very good price for me. And I mean, uh, he was a good player. Of course, he could he could be bluffing. I, I don't remember correctly the, the the border or anything, but I think I had some good good calling properties on my hand, like a good blocker. So that 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 one was more like that, and the other one in the final table was just uh, just the line didn't make much sense with basically anything, and there was a little bit of live a uh, live information in the a screen hand just because right. he 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 wanted to go in pre flop like really badly, and then he decided not to, and with that stack size usually. Like the hands that him almost go in preflop but doesn't are all like uh, dominated by Ace Queen. So it was very very rarely he would have the king. There was two in the board and King Queen he would show free. So yeah, it was. Oh, James, did that make the TV coverage that he wanted to go all in with Ace Queen? I feel like I don't remember seeing that in what we. I think. Um... Certainly by that point, this is the hand against Pinto, right? He was pretty short. Yeah. So I think his options were incredibly limited and he decides mm -hmm. to play through the streets instead. I think it was Queen Jack was his hand. It, in that, it was so. not like very, very explicit. He just started to count his stack and like yes. almost go and not go. Cool. And then yes. Calls, yes. You know? But you make that ace high hero call, Fabiano, which takes us down to the final six. So it was kind of, I guess, the second half of the final table on the final day. What both days had in common, and I still can't quite comprehend it, is just how everyone was treating this like it was a one-two home game in their local casino. Everyone's having a laugh. Everyone's messing about. Everyone's just enjoying the moment. You've got huge crowds on the rail who've clearly had quite a bit to drink. The sums mm -hmm. of money, the difference in prize money with each elimination is obscene. And yet, everyone just seems really relaxed. 
Yeah, yeah, it was a, like an amazing crew. Like I, I remember exactly the point where it started to get tense, and then everything like just were, was not tense anymore. It was like a fifteen left. Uh, I I went to the river in a very small pot and bet like third pair or something like for Fin Valley, and the guy calls me with second pair and I lost. And then Patrick Yaros was at my side. He said, "Like, why, why did you bluff your third pair?" Like stuff like that. It was like, <laughs> like, like a very good joke. And then uh, we started just just messing with each other up uh, from 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 then onwards. Yeah. To, to James's point, it seemed like there were a lot of things that happened between Patrick Yaros and uh, Jimmy uh, Guerrero, Jimmy. who. I think that if it were a different group of people, their their antics, their attitude, people might have gotten angry. I, I also uh, think that there was clearly a lot of history between Kyan Mockery and Jimmy. They've clearly played a lot of hands against each other. Mm -hmm. And again, that bore out a very interesting dynamic between those guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They, they're cash game players, I think. Cash, yes. Live cash game players, yeah. I was just surprised that no one really got annoyed with each other, even in situations where some people, like someone loses a big pot and someone goes crazy and has a good time and they just kind of sit there and smile. And it was, I'd never seen anything like it. Have you, is that, is that, do you think that you bring that to the table or is that just a magic situation that probably will never happen again? I mean, it was when most people were having like so much fun, it's very hard for one outlier to like. <laughs> Be mad with with everyone, you know. It's like a, yeah. I mean, like you 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 get drawn to, into this situation. Like it's a basic human thing. You want to be part of the group, and if like five or six people in a final table were like just having the best time ever, like you don't want to. You, you like it's like go against your instincts to 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 do anything that's not like having the best time. Now we've referenced the fact that there was this huge rail, and obviously there was you and Neville Costa at the final table. The Brazilian rail was strong. But most importantly, your mum was on the rail. We yeah. had we had Mama Kowalski and we had Mama Bendinelli as well. All the mums were out for this final table. Um, I mean, if you were going to bring her out for one Barcelona, that was the one to bring her to. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I scheduled that trip like six months before. And I thought like, it was the first time she left Brazil. And we, I just said like, okay, you get there in the... Last day of the EPT, I'll be on the final table. I win, and then we go on vacation afterwards. Like, what are the chances, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then she got there, I was at the final table. It was crazy. Did you upgrade the vacation based on your finish, or did you stick to your original plan? A little bit. <laughs> well, oh, come on. Let's hear the details. Come on. No, just fancy hotels and stuff. Like, uh, like my mom deserved it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get, like, the fourth place without her. <laughs> that's really really sweet i mean that's uh, to me that's one of the best parts about being relatively successful as an adult is being able to do nice things for your parents um and i can only assume that your mom just must be the happiest mom in the entire world that you get to do these things for her yeah definitely she she's great and she, she always talks about it like this with her friends and everything is like a, yeah. a uh, normal topic now every every conversation do they, do they hate her no they don't they, okay. i mean they might but they don't <laughs> seem like it <laughs> <laughs> and so, how long did it take your mom uh to understand what it is that you do because i know my parents they didn't understand i don't even play poker but they didn't understand what uh, i did till they actually came 
to a taping and saw the production and saw everything that happens, did your mom get it early on or did she take some convincing? It, it took like two or three years to convince her that that was not going back to to university. And for her to understand the game, I mean, I, I don't know if she understands the game now. It's just that uh, it, it, it took a while like to to get to know like like what is poker going to be like it's going to be this is going to be forever or not but like uh maybe in 2017 or something when i i i took some time off uh, tournaments and play sit and goes also on poker side I was uh, doing the supernova elite grind and then i came back to the tournaments and the tournaments have a lot of a lot of attention like by the media in brazil so it started to 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 pop up my name on sites and everything on instagram and then my mom like started to really enjoy like okay man my son is like he's, uh, he's poker famous yes yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really cool. after 2017 like he was she was really really into it and started to talk to everybody about it fantastic there is there is one hand of that final table it's it's during uh ben Danelli's ridiculous comeback where he just doubles up <laughs> several hands in a row but there is a hand where you think you have him and actually it ends up being a yeah, shot. Yeah, you got that. I was going to say that story is amazing. It's, like, it's <laughs> Oh, yeah, wow. that, the story is amazing. What's amazing about that, that particular hand is that no one sees that there are chop outs and your no. poor mum thinks that you've, that this is, that you've lost the hand and someone has explained to her, it's okay. He didn't win per se, but he didn't lose either. She was feeling it. She knew like he was coming back and, and bust me. She wow. Knew. That that did but happen. I, the, the thing was like a the, the hand was like a queen high. I mean, I, I had queen high and he had like five high, and there was like two pairs on the board. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, on, the I, on the turn, everyone like starts screaming and throwing beers everywhere, and shaking. As you sh- <laughs> I think I think you shook each you shook each other's hands even. Like, yeah, good, yeah. Good I, game. I said yeah. okay, so that, that's it. I didn't. Even, I barely look at the board. I didn't realize like the king or the ace would split. The only person at the table who is aware that it's not over yet is Jimmy Guerrero. He is sat there going, it's not over. It's not over. Oh, he felt so vindicated when the ace comes. I, I told you, don't ever, <laughs> se- don't, don't ever celebrate on the turn. Um, let's yeah. look ahead to Barcelona 2023, Fabiano. I'm, I, I'm assuming you're going to go for the whole thing. I'm assuming you're going to play the whole, the whole schedule. Yeah, definitely. I'm going on Monday and uh, start playing on Tuesday, probably. Fantastic. Are you bringing a big crowd with you this year? Yeah, definitely. We always do that in Barcelona, at least uh, not during the pandemic. But uh, for like this is the fourth year we we have a poker team like Samba here. Yeah, and then we we do like a like a race. Like I, I, people play for like two, like a one or two months. And then wh- whoever makes the most points, like there's a team of five plus one uh, single winner, like the, the best performance. So six guys, we rent an Airbnb there. This year is just me going to be going to be staying with them. It's nice because this is, most of them is the first time going there. And I, I mean, I, I like, I like a lot of the, I, I like the city a lot and I, I know like the ways over there. Like, uh, so it's, it's nice for me to like show them show them around to see the schedule what they should play or not and basically be we're gonna be there like for two weeks in Airbnb talking about poker every day it's like an amazing experience that's cool La- last year we had uh we had Rashinha. he busted on 12 I think yes yeah he, he was my my buddy like discussing had since day one of the EPT 
like we were staying together in the apartment and we almost made the final table together. It was really cool. I was hoping you could explain to us and the audience a little bit more about what Samba poker is, because I remember when I talked to you in Monte Carlo, I didn't really have a, the right impression because it seems like not only, I mean, look, you're, you're all trying to win, but you're also just trying to build poker in the Brazilian community, right? And just give mm -hmm. people experiences that they haven't had before. Yeah, po poker is like a like I told you in Monte Carlo. Poker is very very big in Brazil. One of the reasons is it is because the U.S. dollar is very strong here. So if you play online and you make like five hundred dollars a month, that's uh, average salary for for Brazilians. You know, so it's not very hard to make like a thousand dollars a month playing online. And so that's it's very compelling for Brazilians to be professionals because if you get to the thousand dollar, you can already get by. Depends where you live, of course, and stuff like that. But it is not a it's not a like a a bad salary, and then you can build from there. You get like a you you live in a cheap place and stuff like that. You don't 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 have a lot of responsibilities like financially so you can just put everything you have into poker so that's that's one of the reasons why poker grew so fast in brazil and samba is like uh it's like a, a a way people can do it if they don't have anything like if they're they're just starting out and and they just they, they play a little bit like very small and they have a little bit of skill like a, the basic, basic basic stuff just not to lose they can they can join the, the the samba team and on samba they will start to to get coaching and and money to play so they they start ladding laddering up and today we have like 420 players wow and there's like a um, 80 players in the starting which is like a abi until abi 5 and then abi 5 to 25 is sambinha which is like uh 300 players maybe 280 and then we have the main team, which is like 70 players, which they, they play ABI 30 and above. But we have one, one, a few players playing like ABI 200 to 50. And those are the guys I coach personally. And what is the barrier to entry? Like if someone wanted to apply to be on Samba Poker, what, what, what do they do? They write you an email? Is there a form they fill out? No, they join at the site, samba.poker. Samba and we, we we mainly take like a brazilian players or spanish players we have some we have a samba spiel which is like a uh spain speaking spanish speaking crew so it's just uh most of our portuguese players and I remember you saying that you're trying to get a big group together to take them somewhere cool. Where are you on your plans for that? Is that have you, are, are you further along in that plan? Yeah, I mean, this a lot of things happens happen in life lately, and then I started traveling up a bunch. I went to Vegas and everything, so that, yeah. that's a little bit on standby. But definitely for the Brazilian summer here is something that. Um, really drawn to like having having guys over 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 a big house and doing the same thing we're going to do in Barcelona just for a longer period of time like W Cooper or, or something like that yeah it's really cool because everyone gets to to learn with learn everything not, not just poker with each other and that's a very enriching experience for everyone so I really enjoy 
one other thing Barcelona related. Um, Joe, we love an online qualifier story, right? We love the story of the person who has come from nowhere, who is just a regular average Joe who's been given the a chance schlub. of a lifetime to play an EPT. So I'm looking at the list of who are the online qualifiers for EPT Barcelona, and I see Kowalski won. I'm like, yeah, pretty sure that, uh, yeah, he's not your average kind of like uh, guy just living the dream in Barcelona. He just may have made the final table last year. But congratulations on qualifying for the EPC Barcelona main event, Fabiano. How do you get to be the first qualifier? What what happened? I, I mean, I just played. I played one satellite on Sunday and I win. <laughs> it's that simple, <laughs> Joe. That's how it works. When most people play poker, you just play one one tournament and you win it. That's how it's it works. a great yeah, for, for, Like for 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 Monte Carlo, I played. I played like uh, I mean. 1.5 buy, buying of the main event and didn't get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, it happens so, like that. Sometimes you get in the first one, sometimes right. you're not going to get it at all. Right. It, it evens out in the long term. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Monte Carlo there. Now, one thing we want to talk about, and we can't say too much because no one's had a chance to see it yet, but we did mm. run this fun cash game format in Monte Carlo. And as soon as Barcelona is over, I think it's Sunday, September the 10th, it's when WCOOP starts, those episodes are going to start to drop on the PokerStars YouTube channel. And I believe there's going to be a Brazilian commentary version as well, because Fabiano, you are obviously a, a big deal in Brazil. So we want to bring these shows to the Brazilian community. I don't know how you're going to feel about all the Brazilian community seeing those shows. Again, no spoilers <laughs> here. But I think the most important thing is that I think you were an amazing addition to that table because you were kind of like drafted in at the 11th hour. We were a player down and it's like, Kowalski will play. And I didn't know how you were going to gel with some of these other guys. But I think, again, it, it worked really well. It was a really fun dynamic at that table. Yeah, it was amazing. I had I had a great time over there, and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome when it is out. Like I'm like just holding to tell everybody. It's just uh, <laughs> it was so much fun, and I mean it's not it's not gonna be anything new. I from time to time I I, I do stuff like that at the poker table. <laughs> so it's not like I, for for people who know me, it's just uh, that happens. Yeah, I mean the good the good stuff happens. The hero calls and everything sometimes is not as good, and it's just fun. I think that regardless of the results of the game, that you're going to get a lot of new fans based on both the Barcelona final table coming out and this cash game show. I, I, my 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 last question has to do with that is that, Fabiano, you... Okay, so when we first became aware of you, Kowalski won, online crusher, and you just see that name on screen, you see the results, you see the way you play, and you're a very intimidating force. And then we see on the cash game, and you're very happy, sweet, laughing, fun, um, nice person. Are you ever afraid that, like, once people see your real personality and that you're like a big fucking sweetie pie, that it's going to hurt your image? No, I don't think so. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, you. Like as a poker player, you can change gears. You can be more crazy or less less crazy based based on how you perceive people perceive you. So it's just a game of adaptation, and I have a lot of fun doing it. So it's just it doesn't really matter like uh like how what, what people are gonna think. I'm hopefully gonna get them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't you don't be having like that ivy scary table presence isn't important to you. No, I, I cannot do that. It's just a, it's not me. I I mean I, I the, the staring stuff. I mean it's not. I, 
I never really tried actually. I might I might in Barcelona just to see how <laughs> I don't think you could do it either. I think uh, and I, just I just want to say bust I'm, laughing. <laughs> I'm really glad that Sam pulled you into that cash game because I'm a big fan. I mean, I liked you already, but getting to see you and a little bit of your personality and that 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 was really great. I'm gonna say that everyone knew that. Kowalski was a huge softy the moment we realized that the dog in his avatar is actually his little dog. Yeah, um, right. But my final question, Fabian, is about your hometown. Because I think Florianopolis has one of the coolest names of any place anywhere in the world. I have never been to Brazil. I don't know Brazil at all. Describe what life in Florianopolis is like. Because I have visions of like some kind of futuristic city. But since, I since you mentioned the name, it's just um, the, the the name we use here is Floripa, right? The official name is Florianópolis, but the Florianópolis comes from Floriano Peixoto, which was like a general, and I mean 1800s or something, and he was a dick, so nobody likes the name. Like, <laughs> oh, nice, good. Like yeah, he killed a bunch and stuff like they, they did back then, and. So we, we say Floripa is each, even cooler, but when I when I explain it to someone out out from Brazil, Floripa is I mean maybe Google will not get it. So I say Florianópolis, but it is Floripa for for you guys who like uh, are intimate with uh, Florianópolis is Floripa now. I and didn't know that he was a dick, but it sounds like a cool city. Yeah, we, it is. It is an island, and is in, in in the south of Brazil. It's like a lot of nature and. There's a lot of people moving here. Like the like they, they just built a brand new airport and which is like five minutes from my house. And everything is like starting to grow. So like the internet is all new and so it's like the perfect place for 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 a poker player. Especially because of it apart from those things, the time zone, like on W Coop, and I'm never playing after eleven. It's very, 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 very rarely. So it's just great. You see some guys like the, the Swedish guys, they started playing like at eight. So it's just, it just sucks to be yeah. a month, like uh, wake, waking up at, at 5 p.m. So yeah, the Brazilian time zone and the price of the stuff is usually cheaper as well. So yeah, li li life here is really good. You can do anything you you like from like from water sports, like hiking, you, you, like beach tennis tennis swimming you have everything james i'm moving to florianopolis and i'm joining team samba poker i'm gonna i have to at least be eligible for the five dollar <laughs> abi i think oh definitely i think i can no. get into that uh fabiana safe travels to barcelona we will see you there in a few days i still have very fond memories and they're very blurred memories of dancing with you on the floor of the nightclub <laughs> bond in the bahamas and i hope we can repeat that experience one day but amazing, uh, amazing. i i hope you are able to repeat the experience of last year and make another deep run in the epc yeah. barcelona main event amazing thank you guys before we close things out before joe and i head to barcelona let's say hello to this week's super fan daniel shill how are you sir hey doing well thank you very much for having me gentlemen Daniel Schill, Dr. Dad Poker. Looks like you got the whole Twitch branding thing going already. T tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so uh, I live in Michigan. Uh, so we have uh, uh, fortunate enough to have regulated poker here and uh, started uh, really getting back into poker with the launch of uh, the online sites and 
uh, do a lot of my volume on Poker Stars. Big fan of uh, what you guys do uh, over here in the states, and uh, been streaming for uh, about two years now. And uh, really enjoy engaging with the Twitch poker community and uh, building some community here in Michigan as well. And and where does Doctor Dad come come from? Are you a doctor and or a dad? That's what I was going to ask. Surely you are yeah. one or both of those things. Yes, uh, I am both. So uh, my my doctor. Uh, uh, moniker comes from uh, having a PhD in cell and developmental biology. I'm a scientist in my day job, uh, do biomedical research, currently study bipolar disorder. And uh, I'm a happy dad of uh, one Jake. He turns uh, four tomorrow, actually. So uh, he's a little bundle of energy, keeps uh, my wife and I busy. Dr. Mom, she's a she's a fellow fellow doctor as well. And so uh, we have a lot of fun with him, though. It's great. Well, look at these fancy pantses. Um, do you ever? Do, I don't know. I feel like there's some kind of joke in there, like a, a bipolarization bet or something. I don't know. Do you ever? I don't really yeah, think it's something uh, you want to be joking about. You, you can you can work on that. It's okay. more so at the poker table when it, if it ever comes up, it's uh, oh, you should talk to my uh, my wife or my cousin or something. You know, everybody's got a story about uh, you know knowing somebody uh, with with bipolar. So uh, just doing doing our best to. Uh, you know, figure out uh, ways to uh, to help people with uh, with that disease, and that's a great job of making something that I can't turn into a joke. Awesome work. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's talk forgetting Sarah Marshall for a minute, um, James. We've talked a lot about this genre of movie over the years, and about how these movies are really pretty likable for the first hour and ten minutes, and then. Once they feel the need to have to like have the characters learn or grow, they just kind of peter out. I feel like that's how I felt about this movie the first time. The second time, not as bad. Okay, so this is part of the Judd Apatow stable, right? This is part yeah. of, that, of that. Yeah. I remember really, really liking this movie when it came out. And I think I haven't watched it for a number of years. And I'm almost frightened to go back because I'm worried if it might have dated. I, I, I think this one holds up pretty well compared okay, to a lot to of the other ones. That's good to hear because... Joe, you and I saw the unofficial sequel to this movie yeah, right. in the theater together, um, which obviously focuses on Russell Brand's character rather than Jason Segel's character. And but, for some reason, Jonah Hill plays a totally different character. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, which is very, very confusing. Um, but I assume you are still a big fan of this movie, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, watched it again recently. Uh, yeah, I, I think it... Uh, can hold up. Uh, I, I like I like the cast a lot. Uh, I like to you know pull some lines every now and then uh, from that. I, I uh, part of my shtick. I wear a Hawaiian themed uh, uh, poker themed like Hawaiian shirt uh, when I nice. make final tables. And uh, if I find myself in a spot with like uh, a big spot with a bluff catcher or something, I, I, I mumble to myself, "I wish I wasn't wearing this effing shirt." And which is one of the lines that uh, <laughs> Jason uh, Siegel says in the movie. And so. Uh, yeah, I think it uh, is is a pretty good one. And of course, you know this this did you know bring. I haven't seen this movie since I had a brief, briefly dated a very famous person. We went on two dates, so I felt like I could really relate to Jason Siegel's character being heartbroken by being dumped by a famous person. Uh, sorry, more like one one and what it was one date. Okay, anyway, all right, are we ready to do this or what? We are. I have ten questions compiled by Patrick and. As ever, Daniel, you get to go first as the superfan, as the guest. Please give a number between one and ten. Uh, always coming seven. Always coming seven. Where does Aldous say he's traveling to after leaving Sarah? 
Uh, he's going on an 18-month uh, world tour. But which country is he going to uh, first? Oh, uh, London. He is going to England. Yes, you get the two England, points. Yeah. Joe. Uh, you know what? Give me, uh, give me the, give me that the Chinese lucky number eight. Lucky number eight. What type of cake does Matthew give to Aldous before handing him a demo CD? Coconut cake. Yes, for two points. <laughs> Here we go. Tight game, second round. Any number other than seven or eight, Daniel? Uh, we'll go nine. Joe's lucky number nine. What animal did Master. Peter have to kill before eating it later that day? A pig. It is a pig for two points. Joe, you're up. Uh, give me double digits. Give me ten. What's the name of the suite that Peter stays at at the Hawaiian Hotel? I'll have to take the choices. Shit. Is it the Aloha Suite, the no. Kalani Suite, the Kapua Suite, or the Muaki Suite? The Kapua Suite. It is for one point. So, Daniel, you have a one-point advantage going into the next round. Shit. All numbers between one and six are available. Uh, let's go one. What is the name of Alder Snow's band? Infant Sorrow. For two points. Joe, two through six. I might have screwed that one up and said infinite sorrow. I'm glad I didn't get that one. Uh, I'll take six. Who plays Peter's stepbrother, Brian? Uh, that is Bill Hader plays Peter's stepbrother, Brian, in uh, a, a scene-stealing role. Indeed. Uh, I'm on the moon. Two, three, four, <laughs> or five? Who? Who says, the, who says the following line? The weather outside is weather. <laughs> uh, that's uh, Kunu or uh, Paul Rudd's character. Indeed, it is. Chuck for, yeah. Chuck for two points. Wow, that's like eight points right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if there'd been a bonus, like what's the active, you would have got all of the points. Three, four, five, Joe. Uh, I'll, I'll keep going high. I'm doing well. I'll go five. What does Peter want to make a rock musical about? About Dracula. Indeed, for two points. You're still only one point behind, but. If you can get the next question right without taking the options, well, Daniel, Daniel's Daniel's been perfect, right? Like he he's gotten every question without the choices. So yeah. Okay, so I'm going to give you the choice: three or four, three or four. Uh, we'll go three. Why does Peter get beaten up towards the end of the movie? Uh, he goes to take down a picture of uh, Rachel uh, that's hanging up in the bar of her, her shirtless in the men's bathroom. He I googled indeed. it, by the way. It's it's not really Mila Kunis. Naked in the photo. I'm sure you did Google it. Um, so, Daniel, you have gone perfect. Joe, let's see if it's a one-point margin of victory or more. What is Peter eating in the opening scene of the film? Oh, cereal. You dropped just the one point, but that one point makes all the difference. Nine points to Joe. Kapoor! Ten points to superfan Daniel. And we have a winner. Congratulations, Daniel. Hey, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. So, let's talk prizes. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it depends on what it is, but I, I, I just wanted to also uh, bring attention to, um, you know, so th there's connection to Hawaii with this movie and, you know, Maui just uh, suffered a, a un really unfortunate wildfire. Uh, Lahaina, the town that it was in, uh, I actually was there to give a, a research talk from uh, some of my science once. And so um, feel a little bit of a connection to that area. And so 
uh, wanted to make a donation uh, to the Maui United Way um, disaster relief. So uh, I, I wasn't quite sure what the, the value of the prizes were. So I just I just donated one hundred twenty five dollars. And, and so um would encourage others to to donate uh, to I will the match Maui you, Daniel. United I will, Way, match, uh, I will match your one hundred twenty five dollars. I'm in. I will ensure. Awesome. Thank you. I will ensure, Daniel, that uh, again, I'll have to talk to uh, my colleagues on the other side of the Atlantic and work out how it operates with PokerStars MI, but we'll get you uh, a, a cash reward or a tournament ticket around that value. But of course, what people really want is the merch, and we will be in touch to get your t-shirt size and obviously your preference of mug design. Uh, but more than anything, good luck in your work, in your research. Good luck with the streaming. Um, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks again, guys. Big fan of uh, what you guys do with the podcast and all the commentary. Uh, thank you guys for everything you do for poker. You're welcome. All right, my babies, that's just about all the time we've got for this week's show. Coming up next, oh, it's going to be another minute, isn't it, James? Yeah, it is. We're going to be off for a couple of weeks, guys, because guess what? We're streaming eight off. days of EPT Barcelona on the PokerStars Twitch and YouTube channels. Scroll back if you want a reminder of the full schedule. But that means the next episode will be our EPT Barcelona wrap-up show. Wrap-up show and WCOOP preview? Is that what we're doing? Yes, of course, because WCOOP kicks off on Sunday the 10th. We'll be coming back the week after that, so we'll already be in to WCOOP. So for Barcelona... Hopefully, we can speak to a finalist or winner of one of the events we're covering. For WCOOP, because the series will have already started, expect the return of our World Championship of Online Poker correspondent, Howard Swains. You're going to hear the music enough next month, so we're not going to play it right now. Uh, yes, and I think uh, you can expect some more stories. Uh, if anything, I remember anything else from Vegas. And James, you're going to be playing some poker right well, after Barcelona? You're going back to Vegas, right? Straight after Barcelona? Uh, yes, I am. I'm going to host that charity event I do every year, uh, and usually I end up running into a couple of characters there. Although, and I might as well announce this to the world, I am uh, trying to do a, 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 an extended sober spell, so um, I may not get into the same shenanigans that I usually get into after hosting that event. Turns out that when you don't drink, there's fewer shenanigans. Right. Well, post-Barcelona, you'll have a Vegas trip to talk about and yes i will have a recap of my trip to brighton as i referenced on last week's podcast uh, the uk ipt stop in brighton is happening straight after barcelona so um i'll be heading down there on thursday the 7th of september there will be a meetup game a low stakes cash game on the thursday night then i'm going to play a couple of tournaments i'll be there till the end on sunday so i will report back for those of you who can't make it to brighton if you can make it to brighton come and say hello and i will say Hello back. I did reference Discord earlier on, and we should always highlight, Joe, that we love it when people post on Discord, whether they're commenting on the show, asking questions about the show, and of course, applying to be a super fan. And we put a link to the Pokestars Discord server in the podcast description. All right, very good. Now, I promised a little bit of uh, Michael Sarah movie yes, kind of guest news. Uh, before, I want to do a little backstory first and say that I was in New York this past weekend. I had a, a couple of shows, and uh, some very supportive poker people came out as usual. Uh, Gabby and Bobby came out to my shows in Brooklyn, and then at my show in Manhattan, 
um, a fellow named Billy and a fellow named Ron, who are big fans of this podcast, who I've never met before. They're part of my Zoom poker crew, Club Quarantine. Uh, over the uh, over o- over the pandemic, uh, they came out. I met them for the first time. I don't know how many of these meetings you've had, James. Were you meeting people for the first time that you spoke with for years during the you know uh, that that spell? And it was really cool to meet them. And Michael Sarah was a part of that game, and they sh- they uh, brought up the fact that he's in a new movie called Adults, and Adults has several poker scenes in it. And not only is he in the movie and there's several poker scenes, but the movie was written and directed by another fellow that was part of that home game. Cool. His name is Dustin. And we're going to get Dustin on the show just as soon as uh, the movie's available for everyone to watch. I don't think it's quite available. I think it's still in theaters in the States. And it is. uh, I don't think it's got a release date yet for, uh, for your side of the world. Not that I can find. But I have uh, I have gotten in touch with Dustin already. He's excited to come on the show, so hopefully we can time that out in such a way that we can give the movie a bit of a boost and everyone. Apparently, uh, it's based on some things that have happened in our home game and various poker uh, scenes, uh, real poker, that he's seen over the years. So it should be really cool to talk to him about that. Awesome. Um, that's it. That is it. That's all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, we're going to speak to you from Barcelona. For James Hardigan... I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. <laughs>